I'm Katie. And I'm Steve, and this is the City of Reading Podcast. We've discussed Senate Bill 1383, Organics Recycling, on the podcast before, but the Food Waste Recycling Program has now officially begun. After months of preparation, equipment purchases, and legal requirements, the Solid Waste Division is ready to receive food scraps and other organic materials in your green bins. In today's episode, we bring back Paul Clemens, Public Works Deputy Director, to discuss how and why the community needs to start recycling their food scraps. Besides being a state law and requirement, it's good for the environment and keeps heavy and wet materials out of our landfills. Like any big change, residential and commercial solid waste customers are going to have to adjust to a new way of doing things, but the end result is well worth the effort. Plus, it might be possible to save a little money on your solid waste bill. Tune in here for the high-level information you need to start recycling organics now, and check out the two older podcast episodes linked in the show notes for more detailed information on SB 1383 and food recycling in general. Paul Clemens, Deputy Director of Public Works for the City of Reading. Thank you, Paul. We're excited to have you on the podcast again. Uh, we've talked with you in the past about Senate Bill 1383 on organic food waste, and we wanted to revisit that now that for residential customers that is is happening and is here. So I guess to start things off, can you just give us a brief overview of, of 1383 for those folks who might not be familiar with it? What is Senate Bill 1383 and how does it affect residential customers in terms of organic food waste? So SB 1383 is a very broad piece of legislation that actually encompasses more than just residential customers, but it impacts residential customers, commercial customers. Um, It talks about edible food recovery. So there's a lot of um, elements to this bill, but in specifics, as we talk today uh, to residential customers, this is the bill that is going to allow our residential customers to put food waste into their green waste bin or their green bin at home. So now we kind of call that an organics cart uh, for residential. So it's the residential organics cart. So it will have tree trimmings, grass cuttings, those types of things that are going in there now, but it will also um, receive food waste, food scraps, food soiled paper from residents. Okay. And Paul, so just so I'm like clear, that's like I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking and I have banana peels and eggshells and coffee grounds and table scraps from like dinner or whatever that's left over. And instead of putting those directly in my trash can, I now need to put those in my green cart, correct? That is absolutely correct, 100%. So from food prep, like you would think either at a restaurant or anything like that, because they qualify as well, they will be uh, doing some food waste recycling as well with separate carts and not just putting everything in the garbage. But for our residential customers, that is exactly the case. So they will take their food prep material, fat trimmings, uh, cuttings off of vegetables, things like that. Then when they're preparing a meal and that will go into the green waste container, just like, as you mentioned, plate scrapings and other things like that, whether it's fish, whether it's meat, all those items. And again, just to clarify, because I, I know we've had this conversation before and we're, we're planning on linking some previous podcasts that we've done with you that kind of go through these very clear specifics, but these should not be put in plastic bags or even compostable bags. This This waste needs to go into the green bin all on its own, right? That's correct. The one exception is a paper bag. So if you have a paper bag, and because paper is considered organic, the paper bags are. So if you have a paper bag that you want to put it into and then put it in your freezer so that it doesn't smell or something like that, if it's fish or something that might create an odor before your pickup, 
and it's the middle of summer and we got triple digit weather, things like that. You can put it in a paper bag, put it in the freezer and then throw that into your green waste can beforehand. Or if that's what you choose to use in your kitchen is to scrape it into a paper bag. Then you can take that paper bag with uh, that food waste and put it into your green waste cart. Paul, are are residents required to participate in this program? Yes, they are. SB 1383 actually made this mandatory recycling. And so we even updated our city ordinance to include a requirement for customers or residents to participate in recycling programs that are available. Okay. And then what about like cardboard and other recyclables? I know a lot of food packaging now comes in cardboard containers. Is that go in the blue recycling if it's allowed to be recycled or does that, or is cardboard part of like brown paper bag organic composting? So cardboard and brown paper bags are considered organic. So in that sense, you have choices. So you could either, if it's clean cardboard or anything like that, you can put it into your blue recycling container, but it can also go in your green container if you want to. For instance, one of the best examples of cardboard that would be better going off in your green container would be a pizza box. So it's got food, it's got grease, it's soiled from food. And so you could take your pizza box now instead of, we used to tell people, you know, rip the top off that doesn't have any grease or anything like it on it and put that in your recycling and then throw away the one that's got grease. Well, now you don't have to separate that board. You could just take that whole pizza box and put it in your green waste cart. And we would be perfectly content with that. So Paul, I know we encourage residents to use either the mobile, the city of Reading mobile app for the waste wizard or the, how do I dispose of section on the city, uh, city of Reading.gov website that also has the waste wizard. Can folks, if folks are unclear about, you know, food scraps, or as Katie mentioned, some of the cardboard, other things, they can still go to that waste wizard and see what, what is eligible for their green bin and what should continue to go in the gray or blue bins. That's correct. And then we also have some new flyers that are going to be posted that we'll have available. We'll have some new information on our website. We'll have a section of frequently asked questions. So some FAQs that the public will be able to look at when they go to the website. Uh, There's also additional information on Cal Recycles website in regards to what is acceptable and what is not. So we plan to try to do or cast a wide net of outreach and education to the public for this program because it is something new. It is something different. So it's kind of like when recycling first went into place and the blue cart came out and what can go in it and what can't. And is anything with a, the chasing arrow or recycling symbol? Can that just anything with that go on there? And, you know, we had a lot of questions along those lines. And so this is also going to be a learning experience as well as we go through and things that can be added and things that can be put in your green waste cart. Um, so it's going to be a learning process. It's going to be habit change, but it's going to make a successful program here in the city of Reading. Um, and Paul, I know I I personally do a little bit of home composting, just like backyard composting, and it can get quite messy. I mean, between coffee grounds and and some food scraps and things like that. Um, I would imagine once you start putting this stuff in the in the green bin, it's going to get messy over time. What do you suggest for people for, you know, e- either trying to keep that bin clean or is there a cleaning service? Um, you know, aside from freezing some of the um, maybe potentially more smelly items in the summer, just in terms of like mess alone, how are you recommending that people keep their uh, bins clean? So, I would say one is there is a cleaning service in town that uh, folks can look to. 
and they'll come around and the prices seem to be pretty reasonable. I think they have a couple different programs. I know of at least one cleaning service and program that's available. I would say personally, if that's not what you want to do, would be that you put something in the bottom of your green waste can before you put food in there so that it doesn't stick to the bottom. So grass can sometimes stick to the bottom. So if you have cuttings or you have something like that, that can go into the bottom um, before you put food scraps in there, I would encourage people to do that. Maybe it's leaves, maybe it's something else. And then the other would be to bag it and not put it in loose. The chances of it becoming an issue with odor are much greater if you put the material in there loose. So you're saying people should just order a pizza like the first night of their delivery, you know, just put the pizza box down in the bottom. I like that idea. If you can eat pizza <laughs> on a regular basis, then I would say go for it. Paul, you mentioned that it, it's a requirement for residents to to take part in this program. Are there penalties for those that aren't complying? I mean, how is solid waste monitoring whether or not folks are, you know, actively participating in the program? One of the last things we want to do is be the recycle cops, right? Or the recycling police. And so, but we are required by SB 1383, that piece of legislation requires us to do follow-up, to do monitoring, to do route auditing, to check our routes uh, on an annual basis and look at participation levels and materials and amounts and things like that, contamination levels. So, we will have to do that. And there is an element in our ordinance that allows us to allows the city to find, you know, customers, residents that don't participate, but that's really not high on our list. And I don't anticipate us utilizing that a lot, especially with residential customers. What we really want to do is just provide the education and the ability for people to comply with SB 1383 and to use their carts appropriately. You know, one of the worst things that can happen to us is that the carts are misused or used inappropriately. Sometimes we find items in our loads that come from residential customers of Greenways that have large metal items in there, you know, plastic, other toys, things like that, that get hidden down in there that drivers can't see. And then when we process the material, it can be hard on our equipment, it can break the equipment, it can damage equipment and things like that. So really, We've dealt with those issues up to this point in time and we haven't fined people for that, but we're just trying to encourage correct participation so that it helps keep rates down. If our equipment isn't breaking down as much, it lasts longer. We don't have as much in maintenance and repair and things like that. So it really benefits all of us to just follow the program, uh, put the correct material in the correct carts. And, you know, it's good for the environment. It's good for the city and it's good for all of us. You actually touched on what I was going to um, hit on next, which was the environmental impact of this. I mean, there's a reason why SB 1383 is being implemented. And you may disagree with one reason or the other, but part of one of our last conversations was just landfill space. Maybe you can touch on that again quickly for people who might be saying, this is stupid. I don't need to do this. Maybe I'll comply a little bit, but I don't plan on, you know, throwing all of my food away or um you know, who aren't on board with the program. What do you what do you tell that person? The purpose of SB 1383 really was a follow-up on Assembly Bill 32, which is about greenhouse gases. And, you know, regardless of what your view or buy-in might be, you know, greenhouse gases have an impact to the environment. So reducing greenhouse gases was a big piece of what uh, Senate Bill 1383 is, you know, and there were others, uh, Senate Bill 
1826 about organics, things like that. But I would say, yes, removing items from the landfill does make the landfill last longer. And also, you know, the state of California has a diversion goal of 75% diversion, right? And one of the heaviest items we get rid of is organic material, and that's a lot of water weight. So it's kind of that low-hanging fruit, so to speak, by pulling organics out of the waste stream. And then also there are areas, landfills that have uh, methane collection systems or gas collection systems in place. Some of those landfills flare that gas, so um, it's not being utilized for anything else other than not harming the environment. So this is a process to try to get material out of the landfill, save landfill space, and then also do something positive with it, like compost or other things like that. And then another element that we're not talking about too deeply today, SB 1383, has to do with edible food recovery. Grocery stores, restaurants, things like that, places that have cafeterias, hospitals, are also under this legislation to divert as much edible food as they can to places to try to uh, reduce food insecurity in local areas. And I guess once you start collecting all the organic material, and and you mentioned composting, is the city going to have excess compost at the end of this? I would imagine if we're getting a lot more green waste or organic material, the city is going to be able to make a whole lot more compost. What's the plan for that? So even to this time right now, we haven't been able to compost all of the green waste that we bring in. So as we add food waste to it, I still don't anticipate that we will compost everything that comes in. But with excess material, we do have an outlet for that where we send it to another facility. It costs us more, obviously, but send it to another facility where they can actually put that material in their composting process and utilize it. And so for residential customers, that's always going to be the case because we're mixing green waste and food waste. So for the foreseeable future, they will mix it and we will make compost out of it. For commercial businesses that have source separated food waste, We have some other options where we have a place, we have capacity at a place called North State Renewables, and they actually take it and they put it through their digesters and process it, collect methane, and then come up with another product at the end of that. And we're also looking to do something similar with a closed loop system we mentioned before with our wastewater treatment facility and be able to take source separated food waste, process it, put it through those digesters and go through a pyrolysis process. And I think you've had you know, Mr. Vanderver on here before talking about that and what that entails to come up with a biochar material. So we have some other options and alternatives uh, to our approach that we'll be implementing over time. Well, I know prior to SB 1383 coming online, there were some counties that were already, you know, had a system in place for or collecting organic food waste. Was this on the city's radar prior to SB 1383 or was it really, you know, with the passage of that a Senate bill that the city kind of got things into gear? Well, so 1383 passed quite a few years ago, but it went through some different stages. And so we knew it was coming. We knew it was going to come this way, but there's a benefit, you know, and a negative, I guess, to waiting to see how things are going to go. You know, if you're the first to jump on board and try to get all of these things in place, sometimes this legislation gets pushed out Uh, technology advances and uh, different methods become available that weren't available originally. And these new methods sometimes cost less generally over time as more people implement them. So it's not that we were completely unaware that this was going to come about, 
I can say that there were some elements of it that may have been a little surprised, like um, there's a procurement process and, and requirement and edible food recovery and some different things like that that may have not been foreseen. But as far as knowing that this was going to come about and that eventually we were going to have to do something with it, I would say, yes, it's been a discussion among the city and city staff for a long time. And on the topic of, of residential rates specifically, I, I would imagine with as residents begin to participate in this program and their the amount of garbage that's going into their gray bin reduces and the amount of organic waste going into the green bin increases. For those folks who have larger gray bins and, and would like the opportunity to reduce the size of that, is there a cost savings to be had as far as their rate? solid waste rates go on that as well? Yes, there is. Actually, we just finished a cost of service study and rate update that will take effect January 1st. So people will start seeing that on their bills in February when they receive their January bills from the city. And so by reducing your cart size, you can save money. In fact, depending on how far you're able to reduce from either that 96 gallon cart down to a 64 gallon cart or from the 64 down to a 48 gallon cart, you can almost completely offset the increase in your solid waste bill by just reducing your cart size and recycling appropriately, at least for the first year. You know, the, the, the following years, you're going to see some increases and it'll be harder to offset those by reducing cart sizes. But yes, there is the opportunity to do that. And as you mentioned, you know, people are going to be putting more material in these recycling containers and carts, actually these recycling carts. And so some are going to say, well, why is my bill not just going down, not just going down? But, you know, recycling also costs, you know, the equipment to process the material costs money, the trucks cost money, you know, the truck that comes around and collects your recyclable cart costs the same amount as the truck that comes around and collects your gray cart. So it's not that the equipment costs less and there's more processing, more handling and all those things that are required. And so even as we see maybe our gray garbage cart getting smaller and seeing more and more in our recyclables, you know, for now, it's not necessarily going to just equal less of a cost because of that, because there's still program and implementation costs for some of these new things. And especially as technology, newer technology is implemented into these processes and we have new programs that we have to implement, new equipment um, and other regulations, the future regulations that we're looking at that are possibly going to come in and play a part as well. And how would somebody go about making that request if they were thinking, OK, great, I'm going to start complying tomorrow and this is great and I'm going to reduce my the size of my gray cart. How What's the best way for them to do that through the city? So you have a couple of options. One is to go online to the city's website and go to the solid waste page and you can ask for a service change there. The other is that you can call our office at 530 224 6201 and just talk to one of our very kind customer service reps and they'll be more than happy to help you switch that out. And once you make that request, we put out a service order and on your following collection week, one of our drivers will come out and it's a separate driver that than the one that collects your waste. So we ask people to leave their card out after it's collected so that the person that comes around afterward can switch their card out and bring them the smaller one or the new one or whatever they've requested to adjust. Paul, I think that's all the questions we had for, for now as far as you know, SP 133 for residential customers go. Is there anything else that you wanted to be sure that residents were aware of with regard to this program? Just to emphasize, one, you know, putting the right material in the cart and not contaminating it and not putting things in there like metal and other stuff that shouldn't be in there. And two, 
take a look at the service that you're using. So as we mentioned, you know, maybe it's possible for you to reduce your cart size, which can help save a little bit of money on your bill. And then I would say the third thing is look at what your use is because, you know, we've told people in the past, you know, if you're recycling carts only half full, you know, maybe you don't need to put it out on a weekly basis. And so this is the same thing where now that we're transferring this material from your gray cart that it's going to be going into your green cart or your organics cart, maybe there's something where you don't need to put your gray cart out every week. Um, and some would say, well, yeah, but if I pay for it, I'm going to use it. And that's fine. We understand that. But also, you know, when we're looking at rates and keeping rates down and rate pressures, you know, that's something that helps keep those rate pressures down as well.